Is there any background noise on my end? Like, can you hear my ceiling fan? Uh, no. No, no I, not- I can hear. I can hear it, but it kind of sounds like you're on a starship, which just means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me turn it off real quick. Uh, welcome, Amy. <laughs> hey. We're doing, uh, what are we doing right now? Are we doing the flash thingy or are we doing the show? show? We're doing the flash. flash thingy. Okay. And uh, do I have like 30 seconds to go get coffee? And you have at least 30 seconds. Okay. That's even Scratch better. Scratch that. You have exactly 30 seconds. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, it's another special mini-sode, although this is probably going to be a, a, a gigantisode because uh, we're going to be talking all about The Flash, recapping it, talking about the season, talking about the craziness that went down this past week. And yeah, let's, let me just get into this, uh, into this uh, introductions first. Uh, I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Along with me, as always, Mr. Casey Franco. Hey, the wheels of history are turned by blood alone. What? Whoa. <laughs> I went dark all of a sudden. Sorry about yes, that. She, yes, you did. Yeah. Channeling your inner arrow was, there. Man, yeah. I've just been I've been reading a lot of Kafka lately. I I should probably stop. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's good to be here. Awesome. <laughs> Who else uh, is on the show today? <laughs> well, we don't have Matt to start oh, off. No oh. Matt today. Yeah. We all weep today. Um but we do have quite a round table of guests here because you can't, you know, you, you gotta do it this way for the season finale of the Flash. First up, we have from the Flash podcast, Mr. Andy B. Hey. <laughs> Thank- Welcome, Andy. It's good to have you on, as always. Uh, Thank you. We have Miss Amy Marie from the Flash pa- podcast, as always, and Assembly of Geeks. Well, hey there. And a uh, <laughs> little staticky there, but <laughs> a little, a little is distorted. It, is it- Are you going through a warm a wormhole yeah. there, Amy? Or is, that, is that what's going on? I'm traveling. I'm interdimensional traveling. Okay, Cisco didn't get the time machine exactly right. He didn't have enough time to fit it oh with my the time. Okay, Rise and us get far into the space-time continuum. Okay, guys, let's just. I heard witty, witty, witty. Amy, Cisco, witty, witty. <laughs> Are you really uh, only getting static from me, though? No, we're lying. Uh, we're lying just to mess with you. you no, you're getting static. <laughs> <laughs> Are you my father by any chance? Now you fake that. Now you didn't fake. Now you just sound like Rod. Like, hey, uh, who else on the show today? <laughs> <laughs> show today. Coming back uh, with us. Uh, we haven't had her in a while, but it's good to have her back. Miss Rose Moore from movie, MoviePilot.com. Hi. Thanks for uh, coming on the show, Rose. It's always good to have you on. Always happy to be here. And uh, a new voice joining us today uh, from the Friday Night Fandom Podcast, John. Welcome, John, to the podcast. Hello. Good to have you on. I, uh, it's actually <laughs> hello. That was good. No, no, no. Cena nerd, Cena nerd, first timer. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta jump you into the gang. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty serious process, but uh, somehow Amy's always uh, able to go back in time and reboot everything. So <laughs> it, it's not as painful as you may think. Um, all right, so let's just kick things off with the season finale. Uh, 
pretty crazy. I, I, I really enjoyed the way it uh, it kicked off, uh, particularly with the, the intro that you know we're so used to the intro fr uh, from Barry, but this was a little bit uh, a little bit darker, uh, and I, I kind of liked it. Uh, and it was different. Uh, Andy, uh, why don't I start off with you? What did you think of the opener and how it led to the Barry and uh, Thon conversation? It was. It was so different from what we've seen this whole season, and I, you know, I, I I really enjoyed that part. And it was, you know, we, you know, I love having seen Tom Kavanaugh as you know the the, the nice guy, you know, kind of you know the antihero, whatever. And then leading up to this point where he's like literally just telling Bear that I straight up hate you, and like I, you know, I just wanted to see you suffer. And once I had learned your identity, you know, I was just you know I hate you and all that. So I am. Um, so it, that was that was cool to see, and it was uh, once again it just shows that how much Tom Cavanaugh can do as an actor. Because once, once again, I, I'm I'm always um, I'm I'm always surprised that when I think back of the days when I was was watching him on Scrubs as JD's brother, that you know that Cookie Dan would become you know this great villain that you know is one of the most feared villains in the DC universe, and I. So that's that's kind of what I enjoy about uh, I enjoyed about that and um, yeah. So Rose, I wanted to ask you too about Tom Cavanaugh. What you know, it's it's this is very different than what um, you we've seen him for in the past. I'm not sure if you're you know familiar with his show Ed that he did a long time ago, and then you know like Andy referenced Scrubs. You know, what did I have I have seen him in a few things. I do know him from Scrubs. I know he's usually he's. A little more lighthearted. He's kind of the kooky one, the quirky one. He's usually a bit of a bum. <laughs> and um, at least in the things I've seen. And it's so different. And I actually really love seeing someone like Tom Kavanagh do something different, break out of his roles in the past, become something so much more complex. And he's doing it so well. His whole crossover today, when I was watching it, I was, not today, when I was watching the finale, I was just like, oh my god, he's just like reverse flash feels everywhere. Feels <laughs> all over the place. Are you saying he's, he's become moving. something else? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't get it. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. Uh. <laughs> Um, Amy, what do you think of, uh, let me ask you this, um, same question. What do you think about Tom Cavanaugh? And also, what do you think of the fact that he's already been, uh, it's already been reported he's coming back, uh, next season. I know I'm jumping a little ahead here, but what do you think his role could be? So I see, so as far as Tom Cavanaugh getting it to play an, an evil character who really is just genuinely evil. I mean, look at him and Cisco. He's like, I like a son, but if I killed you, I'm sure I had a perfectly good reason. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty cold hearted. That's a character who's not a good guy. And um, as, as, a as a performer myself, I have to say it's incredibly fun and really liberating to get to play that kind of a character because it's something that's so completely opposite yourself. You know, we, we, none of us would consider killing someone. I, I would hope. <laughs> Just establish that none of us are murderers. You haven't met this person yet. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, what now? Got to speak for yourself on that one, Amy. 
All right. Well, uh, people that I know and I'm generally associated <laughs> with are not psychopathic time traveling murderers. So, you know, it's it and I especially I'm not. And so it, it would be fun to play kind of that evil character that really just has no limits. And so as an actor, that has got to be a blast for him. And we've seen a couple interviews where he's basically said the same thing. And he's like, you know what? The reality is it's a lot of fun to play evil, evil Thawne, evil Wells. Um, as far as coming back goes, they're, they're, the, the main theory that I have is that if we see him again, he's not going to be playing Eobard Thawne. He's going to be playing the real, legit Dr. Wells because in OG. what I've... In what I, in what I've termed the yeah the the OG Wells um in what I've termed the White Lightning universe related to the Barry Allen that's White Lightning it kind of sounds like a like a greaser car <laughs> from Greece or something like the name of a sports convertible but in that in that <laughs> White Lightning like horrible rum that probably do it also sounds like it could be like a really a bad eighties song drink. <laughs> which we may all need after that finale that was emotional I know. Um, <laughs> but but in that white lightning universe that created the white lightning bolt Barry Allen, Dr. Wells and and his wife still exist. They created that particle accelerator. It just happened in the future. So there is in another universe, um, there is a Dr. Wells that still exists. And you look back and they, you know, they relied a lot on Eobard Thawne's abilities. And one of the things that, um, as I understand it, that device the shapeshifter kind of device that took Eobard Thawne's physical appearance also, or Dr. Wells's physical appearance. Oh my goodness. He also <laughs> took a little bit of um, Dr. Wells's persona as well as his memories and his experiences and his intelligence. So Eobard Thawne may never have been as smart as that, but combined with the, you know, the, the, the smarts of Dr. Wells that he got before he killed him, um, we, you know, we come to the realization that Dr. Wells is a very smart individual and that, that, that some of Wells's knowledge and his abilities did ultimately help Barry out. I mean, some of the stuff that they did over this past season, they needed that level of intelligence that Dr. Wells was able to provide. And so in whatever universe exists, you know, the OG Dr. Wells, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be a point where they need his intelligence and they need his help. And so if they're able to connect the two universes, I could see them being like, yo, uh, call up, call, just do it. Text, uh, OG Wells, <laughs> ask him for some help. And, uh, I'm sure at that point, Cisco will have figured out the interdimensional Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so before we get, uh, onto more theories, uh, let me just, uh, go to you, John. Uh, what do you, you know, this episode was so emotionally driven, so emotionally driven. There's so many uh, powerful moments and, and things you didn't really see. I mean, you saw certain dramatic moments throughout the season with certain characters. Um, was there – compare uh, Barry's scenes with Joe to his scene with his dad. I mean, how did you feel about both of them? They, uh, to be honest, they were all pretty, pretty intense so much to the point where I watched it the first time with my girlfriend and then I had to rewatch it alone. That way I could get all feelings without anyone seeing me. <laughs> it, it was real. There was like some of those parts, man, I could just feel it like deep down in my stomach. How like it just felt so real. And it was pretty crazy because when when all the, when we first got slammed with all the new uh, in comic book TV shows, this one was definitely not 
I had I didn't I didn't have any plans on the on a, for this one being you know for man it was uh, probably my favorite this year out of all the TV shows and I'm a huge Batman fan and Gotham just disappointed. Um, so yeah, we record later on tonight, so I haven't officially made the announcement, but I'm going to go ahead and say that the flash was my favorite TV show this year. And this episode just, you know, put it over the top. Attaboy. Yeah. I was <laughs> applauding and I feel like someone else started applauding at the same time. <laughs> Can we just have a round of a golf clap for the flash. Okay. And yeah. please tell me. Praise you the Lord! <laughs> you had to have all done the golf clap face, right? The one where it's like, oh, yes, well done, well done, well done. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I love think... how she like goes between accents all the time and it, so easily. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we can all agree that, uh, that it was all our. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but it was definitely. It went from a show that. I thought was cool, and I was like, okay, you know, it's spinning off from the Arrowverse, or the, it's in the same universe, but it's spin off, spinning off from Arrow, and it started off pretty well, and, and it just got better over time, I felt like, you know, um, each episode yeah. improved on the next one, and it just, the buildup, and see, that's the thing, too, before I get off completely, com- completely off the rails here, uh, it's, this, this show paid off everything it built up. There is an I felt like there was nothing left unhinged, just the cliffhanger that we obviously have to wait for uh, till next till October. But everything else was paid off. We knew we found out a lot of things. A lot of Easter eggs were dropped. Um, and and can I just say this is probably one of the best season finales, if not the best season finale I've ever seen. Ugly. And it it's just I, I you know it's funny I was watching this with Matt and and we talked a little bit afterwards like. We're really trying to think, like, what TV show have we ever seen that ended like like this? Like, was so emotionally pulling, um, so just so well done overall. Uh, and I, I, I had a hard time coming up with one. I, I think I had said, uh, I told him, if there was anything that maybe came close, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Dexter, but season four, when he lost his wife, might be the closest for me that it ever got that deep and emotional. But um, I, real quick, I want to ask you guys, Casey, is there any show that ever made you so just attached to it? Just, just pulled you in so much that you you wanted you wanted more? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you pretty much probably already know my answer. The only thing that comes comparable to me would be the break between uh, season 5A and season 5B of Breaking Bad. Where uh, you're left in that that standoff in the desert, and you had that break. That's not even a season. That's not even a season gap, though. So really, there I, there isn't a true comparison from this finale. I uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it a lot. And yeah, like like you, I can't really think of anything that that comes close to this magnitude of a cliffhanger and this magnitude of a resolution, and also and also a cliffhanger at the same time. They they gave you they gave mm-hmm. you a lot of answers. They also gave you a lot of questions. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Lost. Like I, but I feel like Lost kind of did that every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, me personally, I think the closest I was, I was really, really connected to, and then actually all three of these finales, like the series finales, happened at the exact same time. Fringe, Flashpoint, the TV series is a Canadian show, brilliant show, you should all watch it, and Spartacus. And when it comes down to it, um, Spartacus, the end of season two, the finale for season two, was one of the most 
wicked season finales that I have ever seen. I mean, every single second just blew my mind and they literally killed off like every main character and uh, it, 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 the entire, so that one was close. That, that um, Spartacus qualifies, I think is close as far as like an emotional pull where I'm literally thinking about it for days afterwards. That one, um, but you know, the, I can't think of another one that kind of pops into my head right away. I think honestly, the flash is just in a, in a, in a field of its own. I mean, just like you said, Pete, I went from like casual, oh, this is a fun show viewer to completely invested in the mm-hmm. show. And that's what I say to people. I'm like, look, you, you're you going to start the show. You're going to think, oh, this is adorable. And then you're going to become so emotionally invested in these characters. Oh, the hundred, the hundred season one finale. That one's good. That one was pretty close. That one was really good. Uh, Rose. I, um, I have to agree that it was one of those that, again, you know, you did start and go, oh, la, 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 this is fun. And by the end of it, I'm sobbing on my couch, watching him walk away from his mother's death and, like, completely emotionally destroyed. And that was so unexpected. And I think some of the other shows that I've kind of felt that involved with have taken season after season after season to get there. Um, Some of the mid-seasons of Supernatural had really great finales for that, but they took, you know, four or five seasons to get to that point. The only one that I say that I, that sprang immediately to mind as really comparable for a finale that had me sobbing on the couch and still kind of has me sobbing a little bit when I think about it, uh, is the season two or the rebooted doctor who season two finale Rose and the doctor Rose and Tennant on the beaches is horrifying. All the bills. I know. <laughs> it's so painful. It's still painful. I've cried now. enough this week. Girl, don't even bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one that one had me more in tears. That one has me welling up now thinking about it, and I'm not sure that the <laughs> well, flash good, good word. will good do that. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know I've ruined all of hey, your days did, now. Wait, did, did, did you watch Torchwood? I haven't watched Torchwood yet. It's on my list of things to watch this okay, summer. Okay, have you seen season seven of Doctor Who? Yes, I'm completely up to date on Doctor Amy Who. Amy Rory Gonfer. There you go. Now I ruined your Friday. Now I ruined your Friday. Now can you? Now you can cry because I. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! Watch Doctor Who and cry. It's fine. <laughs> so as I oh. said, we're, we're off. We're, we're fully off the rails here. But that's okay because <laughs> hey, that's it's called scene. And nerd, get <laughs> you heard, with the program. <laughs> if you Sorry, heard it long I, enough, that you know this totally happens. totally my fault. I brought up Rose oh. as a doctor. You know what though? I I I I had expected to to do the feels, and usually, so I'm an emotional TV watcher. I like getting invested in the shows. I, I like haven't noticed. In them. And so I enjoy laughing my ass off or crying. And usually though, <laughs> it's like crying with tears falling down. I was like, and I, I'm not afraid to this, this. I was actually like, oh my God, I'm having trouble breathing because my chest will not expand as Barry is sitting there over his mother and she's telling him that she's proud of him. She doesn't oh. even know what he does. Oh. But it's because he's such a good oh. son that she to, knows he, he she knows he will be a great son in the future. he's sitting there watching her die knowing oh. he can stop it. But I want an official for this shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, There's two of them! 
All right, so let's let's actually let's since we're off yeah, the for, rails for those of the listeners for those listeners who are still alive at this point, for those whose ears are not bleeding. <laughs> so, so let's let's actually stay on that, uh, John. What did you think of Barry going back in time, and uh, he was able to get to his mom. He 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 had that moment where he saw future future Barry and Barry and that future future Barry said no don't don't come in here. What did you think of of how he sat there and he just had to hear his mom die? Oh, I I kind of figured that that's what was going to happen because it, I don't know all the time travel stuff. Like had he saved her, I think it would it would have thrown everything off, and then it would have exactly. been kind of like having to redo yeah. or make up a whole other show based off of all the things that changed. Or not a whole different show, but just doing everything different. So I kind of figured that he was going to let her die. And uh, I don't think that there had been, um, there hadn't been like a, a, a significant death yet. So I figured something was coming. And I thought, I'm pretty sure that once he was going to have the chance to go back to save her, that it would probably be her. Um, but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty emotional. I was right now when you guys were thinking, I was trying to, th- figure if i've seen a finale as good as that but all the ones that i've seen have been pretty suspenseful and have you looking forward to the next season but as far as getting emotionally invested in one i think this is probably the only one that i've ever seen like that super good well okay i have a question for you guys um this didn't make sense to me Barry Allen's going to go back in time to save his mom and what come back to the future and expect it to be the same i mean what was his plan that makes no sense that time. To me. He was expecting, he was expecting to stay there, but they gave him a timer no. to come back, right? No, was, yeah, that's what there. I mean. Yeah. And he had to come back because if he didn't come back, then you know, well, it happened anyway. But wormhole, black hole, horrible Earth destroying this. So he had to come back. I think like it's just that he was has been so focused on this his whole life. Get his dad out of prison, take care of it, you know, save his mother. That it all logic went out the window. Everything went out and he was just like, yes, I will save my mother and then everything will be better. And then he, you saw him in the episode starting to be like, oh, wait, then I won't have my relationship with Iris. Then I won't have this whole relationship with Joe. Then this won't be going on. But I don't think he thought through all of it. He didn't think through not becoming the Flash. He didn't think through any of it. He just was so focused on saving mom and then it, and then they broke our hearts, the bastards. Yeah. yeah see, I when I was watching, I think for me it it made sense. I mean, I watched it a couple times. When I watched it the second time, you know, there's a scene where Ronnie and and uh, Caitlin are getting married, and everyone's happy. You know, uh, Iris and and Eddie had made up. Uh, you know, everything seemed right with the world, at least at that moment. Uh, and and there's this, and they have a shot of Barry, and he's smiling. He's looking. He seems like everything's happy. And then he kind of he, he loses his smile for a second, and just kind of looks down. And I think it's at that point he realizes, you know, uh, this is everything. It's like he says to to Thawne when they're fighting, "I I have everything I want." He sees in that moment, even though Iris is with Eddie, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. He had talked with his dad, and I think the talk with his dad really put a lot of things in perspective when he said, you know, there's a natural natural order to things. You know, that you can have you can have your multiple universes, your multiple time travels, your multiple, you know, berries, but in the end there's an order to everything. 
and and you can't have one thing without having another. Uh, Casey, uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people saw uh, Eobard's offer to go back and save his mom as kind of a kind of an olive branch, so to speak. I, I think it was just another ploy, honestly, because in going back to save his mom, he may have caused a domino effect that would eventually lead to him never becoming the Flash, therefore making uh, Eobard's whatever his future evil plans may be, much simpler not having his arch nemesis anymore. I think it was just one more ploy to get rid of the Flash. Can I, uh, and Andy, uh, you can hop in on this, but correct me if I'm wrong, but in all the comic book lore that I've seen for Reverse Flash, if the Flash is not created to create the Speed Force, Reverse Flash cannot be cannot exist. Correct. That's, that's yeah. my understanding as well, that Reverse Flash is entirely almost the product of Flash, without so, one cannot exist. One cannot live while the other survives. So uh, I wonder if at that point Eobard knew that. Potentially. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of paradoxes that go into something like this, because then it becomes a matter of does the current time stream continue even after the past has been affected? Like when mm -hmm. Eddie, when, like when Eddie commits suicide, uh, it erases Eobard from the timeline. Yet everything he's done up to this point is still in effect. See, Every I, that was probably one of the biggest things that I was trying to wrap my head around, because you know, if he was erased from existence, then all of this would have never happened, right? Exactly. Can I? And Barry's mom would have never been murdered. Can I hop in with a theory? Go ahead. And this is a theory that I actually did not start. I just kind of developed. I saw someone mention it online. Um, and someone mentioned that maybe the wormhole that's happening right here at the end is literally the universe and the timeline trying to reset itself. So this wormhole, if, in, if it were to succeed, would reset the timeline without Eobard ever existing. But... In my mind, if Barry successfully stops the wormhole, then everything that's happened up till now in the past will remain, but the future that they're creating will be all of their own accord. Does that make sense? Right. So well, basically, mm -hmm. they'll, they're stopping the reset, which means they can continue without basically undoing the entirety of season one. Yeah. Hmm. That is I interesting. Like that, that does That does attribute kind of a a sentience to the wormhole itself and begs the question, what is the original timeline? Is the original timeline one in which Barry never becomes the Flash? Is the original timeline one where he does and Eobard never comes into the past? More well, I think this one's so the one that, that has to do without Eobard. So as long as, you know, since Eobard's gone, you know, he, yeah, he has that whole never kills his mom. Barry never has the... Do you think that's how we'll get Dr. Wells as Dr. Wells since he wouldn't have been killed by Eobard Thong? But in, not in this universe, though, because if my theory would stick, everything that's happened as a result of Eobard's, oh, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, you know, messing aroundness can still happen. So Eddie's still dead. Uh, Wells is still dead. Nora's still dead. But everything at this point, as long as Barry succeeds in stopping it, will be fine. Now, it would be interesting to see Barry succeed in stopping it to a certain degree. And maybe for some reason, some things adjust back to what they would have been. And then you could get a Dr. Wells. Maybe like as the t he stops the timeline as it's mid-resetting. And so it stops 15 years ago. Or I don't know. So you, you know what I mean? Like it could, it could reset some of it, but not reset all the stuff we've seen in season one 
because the writers wouldn't do that. They wouldn't be like, nah, season one, just screw that. <laughs> Except yeah. for Fringe did. Fringe at the end of season five was like, season five, screw that. But it Forget was okay because it was a know. happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, whatever it ends up being, I'm sure they're going to have to address it this coming season because it's like uh, Dr. Wells being erased from ex- Earth, Thon being erased from existence. I mean, we, it's not like we're the only ones that are thinking, well, you know, if he never existed, then none of this have, should have happened. And I don't think that they would just overlook that. So I'm assuming they have to have some sort of explanation coming in this next season, right? Yeah. So now I, I have a question. What does everyone think is on the other side of the singularity? Are we talking interstellar rules here? Are we talking <laughs> real talk, life? Whatever it is on physics? the other side, whatever is on the other side, there's probably going to be two of them. Hey, <laughs> um, um, are we thinking? I can't. I, mm, I think that that wormhole is a wormhole into what I've termed the time stream. And that time stream. Um, so, okay, I'm going to get really nerdy. In Star Trek, there's something called. Are you picking up? There's, there's a lot happening right now. Oh Someone's opening a Snickers. There's, there's time no. The truck's crashing. Sorry, the truck is outside my house. We know that for some reason this podcast always happens during garbage time when I'm on. It sounds like I was about to go over the theory and you were like, nope. <laughs> no. So we'll just wait a couple minutes. Yeah. Scene and learn. Oh, oh okay, I am sorry. No, it's all good. Sadly, I cannot control the garbage time. <laughs> Worse has happened. There's always one thing on our show. Like uh, a couple of weeks ago was Pete's kid. Let's see. I've, I've had my dog in some episodes. It's, yeah, we've had Amy's cat. Now we have now we have Rose's garbage truck. Yeah, I think this may actually be the second time that we've had the garbage truck on. It's just it's a really, really attention seeking garbage truck. Did you guys ever uh, listen to Will Wheaton's Days of the Future cast? No. No, it was uh, Memories of the Future cast. But anyway, he was doing it while he there at like 8 a.m. And his neighbors were doing house construction next door. So he would always say, and that's the goddamn motherfucking tractor with the goddamn (laughs) motherfucking house. (laughs) It's it's always so I it's I, I love it when Amy cusses. Yeah, never, for those she never does. For those <laughs> listeners keeping track at home, Amy has cursed five times this episode. <laughs> okay. so only, a from, only a few only a few away from a bingo. Is the truck gone? Nope. I actually think the truck is coming closer. <laughs> I'm watching it out my window, like inching toward me, going, Oh for God's sake, hurry up. Just stop. Man, Just, really. Like, Takes just me shut back. out the window. Can you guys stop for like two hours? Just change your route entirely because I'm doing something. This takes me back to the days when we used to record from a van. <laughs> you you used to live in a van? Down by the Down river. By the river. Yep. <laughs> with a tr- with a with before, before behind Shields it. Contacted you. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what's funny is that's not is that's not a lie. <laughs> yeah. We recorded once in a van. <laughs> Oh man, that's a fun fun game for uh, for our listeners. Uh, go back and try and find the episode where we literally recorded from a van, and uh, you'll win a prize. A special prize. All right, is the truck right. gone? I, I think so. I can't see it out my window, so we'll okay. see. Okay. All right. No. no, no, no. Oh, my God, what the fuck is going on? 
I think it's over. Oh shit! Nobody, nobody. No, no, there's a singularity opening up above my house. These are great effects. sound effects. We should do this more often. This is how it's vision is. Its vision is based on movement. Everyone just stands still. <laughs> this might be one of the greatest moments we've ever had on the show right now. This is just completely oh, off the rails, off track. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, that was good. Rose, would you be able to mute your mic for like three minutes or something? Let me see if I can do that. Okay. Ah. Oh, like magic. <laughs> it's almost like she was erased from the timeline. <laughs> Amy did that. I'm uh, multiverse. Okay, so here's slip slipstream theory. Um, so in Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> why that was so funny? Right back on track. Um, <laughs> wait, what did you wait? Say it one more time. What was it? Slip, slipstream. That's what it's called in Star Trek. But you're, you're, we're still talking about the hole, right? The wormhole. Yes. Okay. So. My general theory is that the wormhole is kind of like an entrance, just like um, uh, Dr. Dr. Stein said, of to a highway. And so envision what Barry was running down when he saw all of those different flashes to the side. Imagine it as a highway or as a you know time slipstream, if you will. And there are multiple on and off ramps. And so I wonder if that wormhole that we're seeing at the end is basically an off-ramp that is about to be demolished. And so, you know, literally, it's going to completely suck up this off-ramp and destroy the world. And if you can imagine maybe that world as a city off of a highway, uh, if you completely erase it, it's not there. There's no off-ramp. It doesn't exist anymore. But there are still other off-ramps that you can go on, off-ramps where you see, you know, that flash of Barry in the jail or the flash of Killer Frost or the flash from the Legends of Tomorrow trailer and so um i wonder the way that i see it is that wormhole is not necessarily so much just a singular entity but instead more like um an exit on the highway and so, in this case it's going to completely yeah, suck up and destroy our universe unless barry can stop basically the wrecking ball if i follow your logic correctly you're saying that the earth is being destroyed to make room for an international highway correct yes Anyone who has read Hitchhiker's Guide to a Galaxy is going absolutely crazy right now. <laughs> I just kind of had this vision of like of the Sims and like me about to destroy the universe like on the Sims and all the Sims are going banana Havana. <laughs> like like the video game? Yes, the video game. Yeah. Like Sim City. But does that you make sense? Is that still, is that kind of a theory? Play that shit? That's pretty yeah. much how it is in the comic books. That make, no. Is that how it is um, in the comic books? Yeah, so there's all the different Earths, and then there's a race of beings called the Monitors, and they watch from their planet that's outside of all these realities. So what you're saying pretty much kind of makes sense. And actually in this book, uh, Infinite Crisis Fight for the Multiverse, man, I could have sworn you were just reading page for page what I'm looking at right now see she did the same thing on the flash pocket when she was like she pitched me she pitched me the flashpoint thing I was like girl it's already half that it's called the new to the two she's like she's like really oh that's awesome yeah so like in this in this uh series basically the villains are going from one world through the other and kind of like punching holes in them and then destroying them 
But I don't think they're getting reset. They're just destroyed completely. So in this case, Barry's stopping the complete destruction of his universe. But if he's able to to prevent that destruction, that there won't be a reset. He'll just continue to, this world will continue to exist as it is now. And the story will move forward as opposed to, you know, the whole, well, Barry never existed as the Flash deal, which is making confusing a lot of people. And I think that also, makes the most sense. Also, not to jump ahead, but what you're saying, what your theory is, also that kind of falls into place with the wormhole, and then Jay Garrick's helmet coming from you know what we think is Earth Two. So yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Do you, hey, do you think that it would be cool if they it was still um, you know Jay Garrick from Earth Two, but it's still going to be like the classic one from the new you know from the classic comics and we somehow get Jonathan Ship to play him <laughs> <laughs> so I saw kind of online like that. no go ahead sorry no i ju- i just saw a picture like that <laughs> oh that would be cool <laughs> that would be so be so cool Someone asked me online, and I love that people are like, let's just ask Amy about the time travel stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Someone asked me directly, they're like, why did Wells need a time machine? Why did he need to kill Nora? There you go. Um, mm-hmm. But the the theory that I <laughs> have the is that, and I'm assuming that this is the sim, this is basically comic book lore, is that. Dr. Wells, without the full power of the speed force, literally would not be able to run fast enough to survive yeah. that slipstream, that time, that timeline highway. Um, whereas Barry could, he couldn't. So it's kind of like warp 10 in Star Trek. Warp 10 is the fastest you could possibly go and you'd be existing in all spaces in the space time simultaneously. So all points of the universe simultaneously, which means you could no longer exist but barry can run that fast um so can you know the other incarnations of the flash but at this point eobard as reverse flash wasn't so he needed that spaceship to basically protect him and keep him the same age or whatever because i feel like otherwise he would age infinitesimally and exist both at the period of time before he was ever born and the period of time he's after he died at the same time and wouldn't be able to survive yeah also i think it was in I think it was in Flashpoint Paradox, the animated movie that Barry says that when one when one runner is using the speed force, it leaves the other incapable of time travel. So maybe as Barry was doing the actual time travel, the only way that Eobard would be able to get through would be through with a little time traveling pod. Oh, that that would only really make sense though if you didn't consider that they both came back in time. On the night of Barry's mother's death, oh. because at See, that, that point that they did both fl- they did both travel back in time. Yeah, so I they may have theoretically come from different times because obviously we had three Barrys going on at that point. So, you know, maybe one went back to fight him from the day before or something. I don't know, but it, it seemed like they both went back at the same time there, so they should have been able to do it in the other direction. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that so, does make sense, and that, uh, that's why I had an issue with the whole both of them j- uh, jumping through time at the same time. So here's another question, a follow-up question: Whatever happened to White Lightning Flash? Because if the news article that Doctor that Eobard was looking at on Gideon was uh-huh. the news article from the alternate universe, then White Lightning Flash had never made it back to that universe because he was still missing in the crisis. 
Um, on one of our shows, I they haven't addressed it yet, but I was telling the guys, I'm convinced that there's an older Barry stuck in our time, just like Eobard got stuck. Future, future Barry is stuck in our time? <laughs> oh my gosh. He's well, actually been crashing at my he's season. actually been crashing at my place this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, he's that's like, bro, why you, why you bed so small? That's, that's unless unless Barry died, and then later we get Wally West Flash. I don't know. It's I, I know. Hurts I guess my when head. we get, I don't. I think when we get Wally West, it's gonna be an. It's not gonna be. A, it's it, it better not be complicated because I don't think it should be complicated just to introduce. Like I still think Iris will have like Wally will be her little brother in this universe. Uh, I feel like because you know. It seems her family tree tree is a little bit limited, so I you know I would just say go with Wally. It's that way they will also be closer family wise, and it's uh and they can also explain why what's his what's the name um why Joe's wife hasn't been around because maybe Wally lives with her. Oh shit! In I think in one of the cartoons, Wally addresses Barry as his uncle. John okay. Justice. Well, I don't know. It might have been that one. I'm well, not, he's he's, he's only been in Young Justice or Just League Down on the Unlimited series, so I, I it has to be one of those two. Uh, and I, I'm guessing it was Young Justice because that's where he really got a lot of family development. I think, mm-hmm. especially especially when Barrow Allen showed up. So uh, Young Justice is a pretty good show. You should go watch it, and you should go and uh, tell Card Card <laughs> to fuck themselves for canceling it. So Amy, you had a, you had a, you had another theory. Go, girl. Leap yeah, in there for a second, just about the Wally West relationship thing. Isn't he the nephew of Iris? Rather yes. Than... Yeah. He so... is, but the problem is because they're going to introduce him probably within the second season or third season, you know, you know, Iris cannot be a, an aunt in this universe because she's way too young and she doesn't seem to have any other siblings as far as we know. Otherwise, it feels very convenient, you know, oh, I just never mentioned him because I, I totally hate them. I don't know. Um, no, what, about, I, what about like a secret, uh, you know, find out that Joe had a affair and had another kid and no, suddenly you will kid. not ruin Joe for me. <laughs> He's perfect. He has never slept around with anyone other than his wife. You do not pitch that to me. <laughs> okay, what if, alright, alright, no, no, no. What if, on Joe. what if Joe had someone before his wife? No! <laughs> it's always been Mrs. Better. West! <laughs> I think Mrs. Andy's Shayla West! I think Andy's in denial. I will show you denial! I will show you denial right here! Oh. <laughs> what, was, what was your theory, Amy? She's terrified. Uh, sorry, no, my... <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so in, another kind of important plot point, White Lightning Barry knew where our Barry was going to be. Future Future Barry knew that our Barry was in the room. He told him to say no. So at some point, White Lightning Barry has knew where that our Barry was going to be. Cause he, you know, yeah. he specifically turned and said no. So what if that White Lightning Barry is a future Barry from our, what if this all happened in the other universe and continues to reset itself, but finally Barry's going to be able to stop the wormhole? I don't know. That's just a question that we need to bring up is how did that, or figure out, and I'm sure they'll go into it in season two or later on, is how did that white lightning Barry 
know where Arbery was going to be and to stop him and why. And I'm assuming it has to do kind of with that flashpoint theory that whatever universe might have been created if Barry saved his mom is ultimately going to be a more destructive evil universe than the universe they're living in now. And so though I'm sure they'll get into it. There's so many questions, but I hope that we've kind of dug into a couple of them and tried to answer things. Um, But I think it's also worth noting the look on Barry's face when he closes the door and leans against the wall basically choosing to trust himself. It's a, you know, it's a version of himself or whatever. And so that's got to hit hard on Barry, knowing that not only is he actively at that moment choosing to let his mother die, but in another universe, another time, that white lightning Barry is also choosing to let his mother die. And so there are so many emotional moments where our Barry Allen is going to have to realize and believe. And, you know, he did trust himself basically, but that's going to continue to weigh on his mind, I think in season two. And I think we've wrapped up the Nora storyline pretty solid right now, but there's got to be a point coming up where, where Barry, you know, wonders what the world would have been if he had let Nora or if he had saved Nora. Um, Do you you think that they already lived that? And then that's how this, the white lightning berry knows that it'll mess up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my theory. I have a different theory on on how he knew. And and also another little point to make about it is uh, what you just said about him trusting himself, his future self in that moment. Um, I thought that was adorable, mostly because a lot of the episode had been him going to everyone else for advice, going to his dad, going to Joe, going, I don't know what to do tell me what to do. And then in this one, he was like, all right, I will trust myself and not anyone else. And I thought that was a big character leap for him. Um, in terms of how future future Barry knew, I actually think that that's one of the ways they're going to bring in uh, Rip Hunter. I think he's, because he's Legends of Tomorrow, he's running around trying to save the world via time travel. Maybe he's the one who dropped in on... Barry on future Barry, white, Night, white lightning Barry, and said, uh, hey, you're going to show up here and you're going to have Whoa. to tell yourself not to. And then <gasps> I like the connection for Legends I don't want, of Tomorrow. I don't want oh. Rip Hunter on the Flash because I feel like it's going to overdo the whole time. Here's the thing. And I said this on uh, our assembly show back in, I think it was, either, I think we either, uh, Amy, correct me if I'm wrong, either we said it on the assembly show last week and during uh, the Kazer event or we said it at the Flash podcast section. It was one of Kaz- them. It was one of Okay, so I want Rip Hunter to be introduced on Arrow because one, Arrow needs to start to accept and explore more of its comic book roots and kind of like, you know, because it needs to be more optimistic in this season. It needs to kind of, and it's because, yes, time travel and metahumans, all these things now exist in the same universe, but Arrow still feels so distant from everything that Flash has been doing that I feel like Rip Hunter would fit so much better on Arrow just to kind of like start to prepare the Arrow people for Legends tomorrow. And and I just want Hawkgirl on, on Flash so I can talk about her every week on the Flash podcast because I'm selfish. So, uh, Amy, got another theory. <laughs> <laughs> Are you I, asking if I have another theory? Yes, yes. No, no, I'm no. Sure I, I'm, I'm telling you to have another theory. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, no, actually, Rose, I really like that idea. I like, yeah, I I like that a lot. Yeah, but I want Hawkgirl. It, it makes sense, though, because when you think about it, like, all I can, like, with all these different... With all these things going on with time travel and, and you know, alter, altering uh, timelines, I can't help but think back to when Rip Hunter says that he's a part of a group that maintains history 
And I'm thinking to myself, well, how can they not be involved in something as huge as what happens with Barry when he's a kid and reverse flash coming back and killing his mom and then future future Barry telling present Barry to stop. How can he not be involved? That's my thing. Like, I'm like, how can that not be? They have to be connected, right? I mean, Casey, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd say they would probably have to be connected. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you right now. I was fully enjoying just listening to the show <laughs> for the past few minutes. I, I haven't read any of the comic books. I don't know any of the outside lore from outside of the TV Makes show. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> is, does illiterate Do mean some the same fucking thing as homework. Uh, nah, pass. I like a TV show. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Shame on Conti- you. Continue with your theory. I, no, okay. not shame uh, on actually, him. I, I Let's have, get into that. Not I, shame on him. I, if he chooses to explore the comic book <laughs> stories in the television show and strictly in the television show, he should be allowed and complimented on it because no matter Listen. how you get into the stories, as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Yeah, True. Amy I, and, I, thank Amy you, and I were talking about that on Twitter the other day when she was talking about going into a comic book store and kind of being looked down on for in, being introduced to the comics through the TV shows. And we were, I was saying, yeah, no, if you just want to watch the TV show, awesome. They, if you want to go into the comic books from that, awesome. No shame for not having read them and still loving the show and still theorizing about it. Yeah, there is there is a little bit of a feeling like I had missed the train, so to speak. Like I'm I'm so far gone when it comes to comics. There's so much lore I haven't read already that I wouldn't even know where to start. But that's that's besides the point. I've I've watched the TV show of Game of Thrones and not read the books so long that I I've just I've grown accustomed to dealing with book purists. So I will just <laughs> I, I take well, it's fine. No now shame. you can laugh I at them. No the, shame. The, the show's changed completely from the books, and they're exactly. getting so angry. I, it's hilarious. I was only I was only joking. But I, no, we know Andy, I know. but I wanted to bring it up in this podcast because no, you want you just wanted to hack on me. The other day. <laughs> Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> I do. I do Let's have another along, question. Everyone. I have another question. I have another question though. Uh, why does? Wisely. Why does the singularity appear uh, outside of the Earth's atmosphere rather than where the wormhole originated? Because it it's cool. coming from the Chitari. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted, you know, Lord, Lord Mesa, the artist, the one who does all those really cool um, autographs, if you don't, autographs, <laughs> that's a new word. Um, he does really cool like art mashups and I really, really wanted him to do one with like Barry and Cisco are like back in Star Labs and they're introducing like Iron Man to the team. And like, he's like, yeah, no man, I just found him in the wormhole. And Tony Stark's sitting there like really confused. And then Cisco's going through his Iron Man suit having the best time. Oh, that's hilarious. You know what, actually, you know what, now that you mentioned Cisco, let's talk about Cisco a little bit. Because he had a pretty, you know, the conversation with him and, and Thon, it didn't go very long. But there, oh, was lot, <laughs> there was a lot said in there. We got little hints that uh, Cisco is um, a metahuman. And not just any metahuman, but he's Vibe. Now, I don't know, uh, John, are you familiar with his character in the comic books? Uh, I, I'm not. I don't read too much. I flesh. am. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I love him. I love Vibe. I love Cisco Ramon. Now, okay, okay. Well, then, Andy, what what do you think? Do you think is this something we're gonna see next season, or do you think they're gonna hold off on oh, this for as long as they can? I I think the best thing for them would be to kind of 
go, keep it going for two seasons when it comes to Cisco's development. I think that because look, next season is going to be so much about you know dealing with the ramifications of the events of the season finale. Uh, I think Caitlin is going to be the next one to kind of like get into her comic uh, position from you know your comic counterpart position with uh, becoming Killer Frost, and they're also going to have to set up Little Tomorrow. So I don't think they're going to ha- like. I would love Cisco to have like the, flesh him out in the sis, you know in the vibe capacity slowly for season for season uh, <laughs> two, but then season three when when you know season three is usually when this when the show goes it's the darkest you know like Smallville and uh, and Arrow although Arrow did it like a disaster and that uh, so I I would say they should keep it up for two years. And I hope, and and hopefully, what they do is they will bring in Sterling Gates, who r- wrote Cisco Ramon's uh, comic book for for t- for ten issues, um, Justice League of America's Vibe, um, for, of the New Fifty Two, where you know this Cisco is pretty much based off upon. So, yeah, I, I would say you know I want a slow journey for Cisco. You know, look, this show is going to be on for a couple of years, so they don't have to rush it. And I feel that once again, they have so much to deal with with that with the aftermath of the finale. The legends of tomorrow are going to be have to introduced, and yeah, so I feel like you know just take it slow. <clears throat> no, I, I totally agree. Now, um, another character I want to talk about who had a who had a huge impact, um, and pretty much what we've been talking about with with now Thon not existing was Eddie, who made such a huge sacrifice, and I loved when he's <sighs> talking to Stein, and oh, you know shit. Stein's telling him, you know, oh, like you know what is. He's like, oh, was I not? Was I was I bothering you? And he goes, oh no, I'm just supposed. Joe just told me to be here, and I don't even think I have a purpose. Just you know, I mean, everything that Wells told him when he was, sorry, Thon uh, told him when he had him in um, hostage, just really got to Eddie, just mentally. I mean, it just jacked him up bad. I mean, he, I mean, I mean, if he wasn't a, a part of them, and he was just kind of be, he could have easily become like a recluse or just, I mean, who knows what he would have done, but. Here he is, and Stein tells him, "You're like the wild card here. You know, you're you're just not. Yeah, you're you're just not. You're not worthless. Don't don't think of yourself like that because you're something that Thon didn't plan for, and and it totally comes. I mean, I wish I had caught this because I watched it the second time, and I'm like, man, like, you know, we're so invested in what's going on with Barry's story and battling Thon and going back and trying to save Nora and then not saving Nora and then wormholes that we completely forgot that." Eddie really held the key to this whole thing at the end that all came together at the end. And uh, John, what, what did you think of, of how he took his own life to figure it out that, you know what, if I kill myself, you don't exist? Yeah. When it happened, I was pretty shocked. I, I, I kind of thought something might happen because when he was talking with Professor Stein, I don't know why, but his tone of voice, I kind of felt like he was he was kind of suggesting that maybe Eddie kill himself, but then, you know, it didn't really go that way. It kind of, it was was a little bit more lighthearted. And then when he actually did kill himself, I was like, shit, he should have did that from the very beginning. And then I would have finished this all, but that probably wouldn't have made for good TV. But yeah, it was pretty shocking. Yeah. I mean this, I, I had, with the last time we had talked, we'd made predictions about the Flash finale, and I had said, oh, it, it might come to terms that, that Eddie would have to kill himself. And then in this episode, they, made, they spent a big deal talking about how interesting Eddie's character was, and Eddie had his moment with Iris where they reconnected, had their moment, and I, was, I sat there thinking, shit, 
I said Eddie should kill himself. And they spent <laughs> this episode talking about how great and interesting he is. And for the yeah. longest time, I was like, man, I am an asshole. <laughs> I, when he finally died, I wasn't expecting to care so much. And it was pretty... Yeah. It was pretty devastating. It just kind of came out of it came out of nowhere when they did it. It it really it it surprised me too. Well, yeah, probably I think gonna I... have. No, sorry, I was gonna say that uh, I you know hopefully he and Tommy will have it nice in heaven because I was like <laughs> they're doing this again to us. <laughs> it's Tommy all over again. <laughs> no, it's funny, you know, John. I think I I tweeted to you. You know, if you would have told me, if someone had told me. At the beginning of the season, that I would be screaming no at my TV when Eddie kills himself, I would have been yeah. like, "You're crazy! You're crazy! This guy that's dating Iris that should totally be with Barry? Hell no! I'm not gonna like that." Yeah, I totally was like, "What?" Like, I mean, I was already on the edge of my seat when he did that. I literally shot up out of my my couch and was like, "What just happened?" Uh, Rose, uh, what did you feel when that all went down? I am gonna be totally honest. I really don't like Eddie. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of that feeling you had at the beginning of like, who is this guy? Who's this Ken doll? Make him go away. I've, I've got wow. a little more friendly toward him, but I still don't <laughs> actually really like him. The moment got me really shocked. Cause I was just like, Oh my God, that's really unexpected and surprising. And then I was like, Oh, come on in the heart. How do you know you're going to kill yourself? You might just wound yourself. What are you doing, man? Shoot yourself in the head. Or, come on, man. <laughs> I know I was actually and I just kind of disliked him I disliked how far into his head this person got and I, I just sort of I've never really loved their relationship I've never really loved his emo-iness and I was kind of just like come on just shoot yourself in the head great fantastic we're done <laughs> I feel really horrible okay. for saying that but I didn't like it <laughs> So she dares to bring up uh, Rose and Doctor in the season two finale. Then she decides to bring up the fact that she doesn't like Tommy. It's like, I mean, uh, Eddie. Tommy. It's, um... I love Tommy. I was. Oh, I know. I meant, I meant to say died. Eddie. Yeah, I, meant to say, I meant to say I did Eddie. Not like Tommy. And he doesn't like you either. I'm. <laughs> How? Do... <laughs> Amy, you were you were totally crying. I didn't know you at that point, but you were totally crying when he died. No, when honestly, Oliver was I like, Tommy, like wake up! You were totally girl, girl. <laughs> be honest so related <laughs> to um eddie's decision rose um i i you know i i kind of went from being irked by tommy or god dang it <laughs> I, I knew it um being irked with eddie to really enjoying his character but for me i don't think of it so much as stein getting into his head so much as eddie getting into his head and eddie yeah, finally sorry, yeah well, but but as in my the way that I look at it is um, probably one of my overall favorite overarching themes from this season has been the whole idea of your fate being controlled by someone else and the power and the fear, but also the great joy that comes from taking control of your own destiny. And we have seen this cop up so many times. Dr. Wells has been pulling the strings of all of these different characters the entire season. He's been pulling the strings of Barry's entire life. And he says it at the end, he says, you won't know what to do without me. And we see it crop up over and over again, that moment with Grodd and Joe, where Joe is losing the ability to control his own actions. And Grodd is, you know, making him think that he wants to shoot himself. And so this is, and, you know, and, and Wells, 
when he stopped in, he stopped Eddie from proposing to Iris when he trapped him, when he basically talked him down and said, you ain't nothing more than an insurance policy. And that has got to hurt for Eddie. And so for me, I saw this whole thing as liberation for Eddie. He finally, for the first time, and maybe he didn't realize that he was being controlled, but this is the first moment where Eddie was finally able to take control of his own life, to take control of his own destiny, and to make his own choices. And that's a huge, th- you know, a huge issue with time travel and the moral and the ethical dilemma involving time travel in all these different stories is do you have the right to affect the past? Do you have the right to change the life of everyone around you? And I was kind of uh, almost a little bit disappointed that they didn't have at least one of his main characters say that to Eddie. And Joe did to a certain point. He's like, I would be lying if I said I'm a little bit sad that you and I aren't going to have the same past that we used to. But I, or to Barry, um, but I had kind of hoped that maybe, maybe Caitlin or someone who was very close to him or Joe really point blank said, Barry, but you don't have the right. You don't have the right to change all our lives. What gives you that right? And so I was kind of disappointed that that was the, that was the only thing that disappointed me about the finale is that I had hoped they'd make a bigger deal out of that. And that may have just been because, you know, the way that I, you know, they, they had planned on Barry going back in time, then jumping back to this time. And so maybe they had thought that that wasn't going to change and that the future wasn't going to change, but Nora was still going to be alive. I mean, how do you how do you expect the entire world to be exactly the same as when you left it if you complete if you bring in an extra person? And so that was that was the thing that didn't that frustrated me a little bit about the finale. But when it comes to Eddie, that to me, I feel like and you could see it when he when he's dying, he's smiling. You know, he's he's not he doesn't regret it. He's not sad. He is proud that he's finally able to do his part and to take control of his own fate and his own destiny. And I think that that's such a huge, brilliant theme that they played on this entire season and easily one of my favorites from the whole series so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a as a writer, the writing of that whole arc of oh, Eddie's yeah. arc was wonderful, and having him feel so sort of useless around. We've got. You know, the, the family members, we have the reporter, we have the scientist, we have the bio, sort of doctor, we have Barry, obviously, and he's just sort of sitting around like, well, I'm just this normal guy, uh, I'm feeling kind of useless. Even in the finale, there was one where he left, he was like, well, what am I going to do here? And so, yeah, in terms of writing, that was incredible. In terms of giving him that moment, in terms of addressing sort of determination of destiny, it was it was brilliant, and I loved it from a writing standpoint. I just don't personally like the character, Fair and that's always the difference, you know, liking the writing and appreciating the character or a story arc as a well written one, and then personally being like, I like you, I want to go out and have a drink with you. <laughs> like, no, I kind of want to like flick you in the forehead and tell you to go away, <laughs> grow a beard or something. But <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, no, it's. Uh... It's it's interesting. He he shot himself. They ran out, and I think we can all agree. Uh, well, Eddie's dead. At least this part we of him can't is agree dead, on that. Yes, but he is dead. but he sucked into a wormhole, and he's coming back in some way. Um, I I I think we can all agree that's. He, he, it was just oh, very yeah. obvious that he got sucked up to another dimension, another timeline, or whatever. Um, and we're gonna see him again at some point. Uh, which means we're going to see some sort of reverse flash in some way, too. Um, that's got to have an effect. Uh, well, here's the problem with that. And uh, 
uh, our friend Rebecca from the Supergirl Radio, she brought this up, her issue with Sarah Lance being brought back on The Legends of Tomorrow, is that if Sarah Lance comes back, then that means that her death is kind of nullified and that the consequence of death becomes nullified in a series. And so we keep thinking Eddie's going to come back, but something about that frustrates me a little bit if it is this particular Eddie and not an Eddie from an alternate universe or whatever, is if this Eddie comes back, that means that we literally there's no death involved. The consequence of death is non-existent if they can continue to be brought back with the Lazarus pit or hey, with Lazarus. time travel. You mean kind of like the hey. era? Let me, exactly. hey, let me say this. Eddie won't be back. Her, he will be, uh, but um, Eobard will take the disguise of Eddie Fawn and be the next reverse flash. Huh. Eddie is Eddie Fawn is done on the show. Rick Kuznet is not. That's what I'm predicting. So kind of like Tom Cavanaugh, what's happening with him, yeah. but in a different yeah, way. Yeah, Tom Cavanaugh will be probably back as the real Harrison Wells, and then it, Rick Kuznet will be back at some point in the season as the next um, Reverse Flash, Eobard Fawn. So, well, I don't, I don't know how well versed everyone is in the comic book lore, but I keep seeing a lot of people saying he's going to come back as a character named Cobalt Blue. Now, can that, anybody oh. speak to that? That sounds like a shoe. I think it sounds like a drink again. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I think that's. I, I think, I think your uh, mind's trying to tell you something, Rose. I think yeah. you're ready for happy hour, Rose. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere, right? What time zone <laughs> do you guys exactly. in? Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, I don't know. Can anyone? Does anyone know about the character Cobalt Blue, or can or no? Or can we move on from that? <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, go I don't have anything. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I fold. All right. Sounds good. We're just going to... Oh, what's that? I was, I was looking at images of who he is, and I have no clue. <laughs> All right. No worries. We'll move on from that. Uh, we'll just stick to Andy's theory that he comes back as reverse Flash. Um, but, but Cabal Blue isn't entirely impossible, but I'm like, uh, maybe we can like wait for it for like season three or four or something. I also uh, have to say that there's part of me that doesn't want every single character in the show to be a comic book character metahuman situation. Yeah, can we just I have kind a of, humans? Yeah, can we just have a couple humans kicking around? Like, for a while, it was, it was yeah, okay, but now Cisco's, Cisco's becoming Vibe, and um, Caitlin's becoming West. Killer Frost, and then we're, I'm just like, just leave, leave a decent, leave like a third of them to just be human, <laughs> please? Well, Pretty you got please. Iris, you got Joe West, and you got probably, they'll probably introduce... Um, Does she count? Does Felicity count? <laughs> right now, Felicity doesn't count as anything. Unless she's secretly the Oracle. Yeah, that is. We are getting a little bit tough on that one. Okay, well, let's let's get off the arrow. Talk a little I bit. Saw, I saw I saw a perfect meme today. It was Laurel and Felicity at uh, like the the Diggle's wedding, and like the, the the meme is Laurel says to Felicity, "How does it feel now that you're the hated one?" And then there's a shot of Felicity crying. I'm like, <laughs> 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 I couldn't stop Sad. laughing. Uh, no, it's true because Felicity was a just one hundred percent useless. <laughs> oh, come on. We're going to just come to blows uh -oh. over our favorite uh -oh. characters. Uh -oh. Okay, let's... Okay. <laughs> no, right no here. I love you. Three weeks later, wants... I'm going to kiss Barry. And a couple of weeks later, I'm kissing Ray. A few weeks later, I'm bringing... Oh, oh Ray told him he loved me. He said that he saved my life. I'm going to go fuck all of her. So... <laughs> you know what? I'm totally with her on that one. If I was around, except for Barry, he's a little young for me. But 
this whole thing yeah, happens I'll if, take if we take that we're at three seasons. <laughs> you have Maybe. me. I'm good. I'll have Oliver. Um, if you if you take the whole thing over the period of like it's it's like three seasons of Arrow. We're working off of about a year a season. In three years, she has a brief like dates one guy, kisses him. Fine. He goes into a coma. She realizes that just can't work. Fine. She has this long-standing sort of on-again, off-again, unrequited love, quasi-requited love with her, her man. And then within that, she gives up. She tries to date another guy for a while. In three years, that's three guys. I am totally okay with that. Rose, <laughs> pretty good numbers, actually. Wait, Rose, you know? may I ask a question? Yeah. Are you by any chance an Elicity fan? I am. I do. I am an Elicity fan. I like it. I like I'm out. <laughs> All right. I I, I, I would like just say for this off again. For the sake of the fact that this is a Flash minisode, I would say if you're interested in hearing the opinions of Cena Nerd on the Flash or on the Arrow season finale, check out our Arrow minisode because we actually have a really in-depth, very I I think it's a very intelligent conversation it, about very, our frustrations. It's an intelligent conversation. It's an aggressive it and intelligent. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very um, well developed conversation that we had. It's on the Arrow mini sode about our frustrations with the Arrow season finale. Now, let's go ahead and get back to the Flash, the feels. <laughs> and and if you're interested in the celebrity death match that is Andy versus Rose, that'll be in a couple weeks on your nearest pay per view channel. But where I proved once again that Felicity was just like <laughs> it's all right. Felicity will move on to Jonah, Sandy. Hey, we're talking about. The <laughs> Uh, hey, hey, hey! Guess what? Uh, none of our fem- None of. Hey, guess what? When, when, when Iris and Kane are on screen, at least they're not cry talking. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, hey, oh, I, hey, I, guess I what? Oh, Sorry, back to the flash. In all due respect, Ryan, I oh. want to love Felicity. I really right. do. I think Emily Bittrickers is a fantastic. When she's been on the Flash, that's Felicity. That's my Felicity. That's the perfect Felicity. But uh, this season, it's like. Like it's like they've been giving us two different characters. That's so strange because we're talking about the Flash. <laughs> like, so strange. It's an okay, alternate okay. universe. That's, Wait, okay. it's gonna reset the singularity to show that Arrow and the Flash are separate. Well, no. <laughs> okay, so back to the season finale. But, yeah, where were we? Where were we? I feel, I Actually, where were you guys? Wow. I should say, where were you guys? Actually, let's talk. Let's get back. Let's get to the wormhole because we haven't talked about how Barry goes through this time portal. And he sees all these little flashes of the future or the future or timelines. And, you know, we get our shots of Killer Frost. We get our shots of the um, Legends of Tomorrow. We even get a shot of Barry in jail. Um, and the John, Flash Museum. Yeah, the Flash Museum, too. Uh, John, what did you think? And uh, do you have any thoughts or theories about, about what he was looking at as he was going through? Oh, man. Since we've been talking, I've been looking at this comic book, and now I'm not too sure. Because <laughs> at first, it all it all made sense in my head, but then I I someone mentioned the Legends of Tomorrow and that Rip Hunter time travels, and now I'm trying to wrap my head around if time travel is the same thing as jumping to the different worlds. You so, mean dimension travels? I think. Did, did any, I think he's probably, uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Time Masters, it seems to me like they exist outside of the space-time continuum and that they can hop between worlds and in time periods. So basically they are, 
in my mind, they are the people who just like Barry with the proper equipment, they can access any of the off ramps from that time stream highway. From what I understand, they seem to be this like like you said, this its own entity, uh, like it's its own agency basically. So they they have they kind of uh how should I put? They sort of live by their own rules, ish. Yeah, it hmm. kind of sounds like they're they're um oh gosh in in Star Trek Enterprise um there is a whole series on like in the 29th century, they have time travel and they have um, basically time agents who monitor the timeline and correct and basically stop anyone who's trying to F with the timeline. And so I wonder if that is what Rip Hunter and his team does. They're trying to prevent un, they're trying to prevent alterations to the timeline because they're maybe they're maybe they're the moral and ethical code that says you don't have the right to screw around with the timeline. I don't care but if I it's don't, beneficial to you or not. That doesn't make sense to me because if he's if they're trying to prevent alteration, then why what what does give right to go back in time and assemble all these members to because, be a team that Because Savage, what's his face? Blank Savage. Battle Savage? Yes. Battle he Savage. is trying to affect all of the timelines and so whatever he's trying to do is messing with the current timeline and it's the time master's job to prevent tampering with the timeline so, so, so Rick Sav savage prevent, is trying to prevent the tampering so to 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 prevent alteration he has to commit alteration in order to stop an evil okay so as long as it's a good alteration <laughs> to stop no as evil. long as but what if what if all along the Legends of Tomorrow team, and we're gonna need to call them. We're gonna need a team name for them. Yeah, uh, it's called Legends. So the Legends <laughs> team. So maybe just Legends. Just say Legends. <laughs> so, it holds up so much better. So that team. So that team. team the team team. <laughs> so that team. Maybe that team is always meant to be assembled. Maybe that team is already a part of history, and Rip Hunter is already a part of history. And they're tampering if, you know, hundreds of years from now, someone looks back on the timeline, they say, oh, and uh, in this chapter of our time history is when Rip Hunter assembled the legends to stop Vandal Savage. And so but I feel like all of this is meant to happen. But he said in the trailer that they were already, like, they, you know, that in the future, they will be, not be known as heroes or villains. They be, will be known as legends. So Precisely. Because they've already, yeah. they're, they're But that's legend. because he went, but that's because, but he's doing it too early then, if he's going back in time. But maybe How? they're legends because of what they do to stop Vandal Savage. That's what I mean. Mom, anyway. my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a completely different topic. Um. We were talking about the wormhole. We were talking about the wormhole. Yeah, but, but it, does, uh, <laughs> it does imply because we, hey, Pete brought up, you know, that when Barry saw the legends, so. Well, actually, okay, uh, Rose, what did you think of uh, a scene? Well, actually, no, we know how you feel. But tell us again, how do you think, what do you think of seeing uh, Caitlin as Killer Frost? Um, I'm actually, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, other than my, my little twitch that everyone's becoming metahuman. <laughs> Other than that, I'm kind of excited about it. And Did you like the costume? Uh, I like the costume. I though I thought she looked so different. I was looking at the images, like pictures of her as Caitlin, and then I was looking at that little shot of her as Killer Frost and being like, that looks almost she, like a different person. She looked like a she, he looked like Lisa in the wig. Yeah, exactly. So and I, I was, and I was like, like that Are they reusing the wig? <laughs> I don't. Well, here's the. Well, they're. I'll say this. At least they're not making her skin go completely icy. I, I would say this. 
people should go to um, twitter.com slash bosslogic or to insert what the hell did I see this time? <laughs> <laughs> Andy is being abducted. <laughs> Sounds like an alien. He's being sucked in <laughs> fifth dimension, yeah. uh, which so we all know that, looks like a 1980s commercial. Head over to twitter.com <laughs> That's slash bosslogic. Google Logic at Killer Frost, and he will give you a pretty good idea of what Killer Frost should look like on the show. Because I, she looked like a. Oh, okay, I'm gonna get so much hate, but he looked. The costume looked way too simple. It was just this t- blue top, white hair, and this shiny little hand. So you don't that's, like it, basically. That's weird. <laughs> no, no, I, that's no, that, no, that's not what I said. I said that. I hope that that's not the final costume. I hope that was just like a little, you know, a little. This is what you know. She's the killer is coming from the frost, but that's not the final costume. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I think I, I think we're gonna end up seeing it in a few different ways. I mean, the costumes throughout um, Arrow and the Flash have sort of like Flashes hasn't changed a whole lot yet. But we're we're drifting more into it. Black Canary finally got her Canary Cry. The costumes are changing and developing as the seasons go on, and I think we're gonna see that with Killer Frost as well. So, and also it's that one shot, and like I say, she like her face almost looked really different because of How the angle this? or whatever. So this? I what think that, that we're Frost you know see the whole universe. thing in action, and it may look a lot better. What if that was Killer Frost from another universe? Huh? <laughs> could be it could be i actually i want to ask you about i want to ask you guys about that uh casey i'll start with you what do you think of seeing uh barry in jail we saw that when did we see that are you oh serious my. yeah that I was did you watch him. him i didn't notice everyone yell at the same time <laughs> no so <laughs> he's when he's going through the the wormhole of all the images he, there's one of him in like you know like a prison jumpsuit uh talking on the phone to somebody yeah, I, I had assumed that he was talking from the outside of jail to maybe no, his father or something. No, he's wearing a uniform. Oh, is he? I, but if, yeah. And isn't it like number 15? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When Wells said that as Barry traveled through the Speed Force that he would see his past and his future all at the same time, I am assuming that he can still change his future at this point. And so even if we saw that, it, it really wouldn't matter. Perhaps I was under some delusion and I uh, probably should have been paying more attention than I had, but uh, I trusted Wells on that one. Why would I do that? Why would I trusted you trust Wells, Wells and I didn't pay attention. So I'll, uh, I'll have to go back and check that one out. What if, he, what if Henry is on the other side talking to Barry from inside the prison? Oh, that'd be interesting. Mm. I thought mm. it was his dad that, that was sitting there. That, 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 that's exactly what I said. <laughs> no, no, yeah, what? I know. That. I just said Henry. No, he, <laughs> that would be interesting if his dad was, if that was his dad. That would be very interesting. Although I was reading something, and I don't know. Like I, like I said, I don't know much of the Flash comic book lore, but um, what uh, – there was a storyline where the Flash does kill the first Flash and goes to jail. So I don't know if, if, if there's a connection there at all because it's not – remember, the wormhole he went through wasn't necessarily um, – what it wasn't, it wasn't exactly his future, but it was different timelines, correct? Like it was – there are various timelines. It was various – one. It, it, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea is that there can exist an infinite number of Earths and an infin- infinite number of timelines. And that – so those are basically just different cities off of different off-ramps from that highway. That's kind of how I look at Dr. Stein. I like his – I like his um, – 
his analogy because it works really well. And so I think of each of those as like a different city, basically. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. Whew. Man. He, you, I, you know guys, what I loved about that part, though? When Barry's sitting in his little, like, he's sitting there with his his uh, his phone in jail. He looked all, like, thug life. He's like, yeah, what? Sup? And he just he looked, looked like so, like, boy. Yeah. evil. Yeah, he did. He looked kind of like, um, boy. I don't know, very thug life to me. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. He just kind of looked all, like, smirky and satisfied that he's in jail, which kind of I would love to see, like, like, um evil Barry. Maybe not uh, evil Barry, but like less than morally Barry. correct Barry. Bizarro Barry? Bizarro no, Barry. No, there we no, go. Bizarro let's, Barry. Let's, no, let's 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 <laughs> let's super gold let's super gold deal with uh, the bizarro and the uh, supers. Uh, so um as we get to the end of all this, I, I wanted to ask you guys, each of you guys, um uh, Andy, I'll start with you. Uh what is your overall thoughts of of this season and moving forward? It's been a very strong first season of a show. I I can remember, like, I think it, I have to go back all the way to Smallville to remember a show ha- being such a strong show in its first year. Uh, you know, it, and that's not to say that I didn't enjoy Arrow season one, but I feel that, you know, Flash hit the, the point so well. Like, and look, Smallville is c- kind of like, it takes a lot to reach up to where Smallville was for me. So, but the, by me saying that Smallville, uh, you know, that Flash was able to get up to that level is, that's a very good thing. And uh, I feel that they really sold this idea that not every superhero on television or on the big screen has to be brooding or cynical or Batman. And uh, you can have a story about this optimistic superhero that wants to use his powers for good and that doesn't look at him as a curse. And he, you know, yes, he has a tragic backstory. He lost his mom to this horrible, horrible man. And I don't know why I said it, but it was, it just worked for me. And I, you know, the characters are so rich. You know, Cisco is, you know, one of the best characters that has been brought up from comic books into television, you know, into the live action stream ever and i think you know it has a strong cast and you know it's you know it's a it's just been phenomenal to see it you know yes there's been some weak points you know i do think that there were points where you know the triangle drama between linda and iris and barry was unnecessary i think there were times when you know there's been a lot of meta humans that were not used as properly i know amy and lauren brought up a lot on the flash pocket is you know they want to you know, and me including, I we want to see some more strong female meta humans. And so far, we've had Peekaboo, oh, Jesus Christ, that name. Uh, and then we've had uh, Lisa Snart, who just uses a gold gun, which you know, which it works. But her character is kind of like, and it's it's maybe too early to say because she do- has somewhat of a similar personality like that in the comics. But she has powers there, so you know, it depends. Uh, so yes, there, of course, every show has its flaws in every season. But as a you know, if I look at it from a bigger p- picture, it's, this is a se- show I want to. This is a season I want to go back and look at every episode, you know, from top to bottom, and just you know enjoy completely because it was, it was so much fun, what you know following it and you know doing the podcast, you know, with Scott, Amy, Lauren, and you know other people. It was no, it's been, you know, I, Flash definitely wins as not only the freshman show of the 2014-2015 TV season, but, you know, it's the best TV season of all television this year. Uh, Rose? Uh, well, obviously, I loved it. Um, 
Like Andy says, every show has little flaws here and there, but I was amazed at how strong it came out of the gate. I was amazed to see... I loved how they combined the sort of one-shot, here's a villain, Barry beats him episodes with this massive story arc that then connects to a new show that's coming out, Legends of Tomorrow, to Arrow that already existed. I love how it's really showing us how we can create this multi-layered TV universe with multiple shows that exist on their own and cross over repeatedly, just constantly, randomly, rather than having, here's a show, here's one little crossover episode, and then we go back. They're just constantly going back and forth, and I, I love that. Um, and I love how bright it is and how happy it is. And I also, my other really huge favorite thing about this show is how they're constantly putting in little geeky references to everything left, right, and center. It makes me so happy. It just, <laughs> like, it makes me, it's a so that makes me really sad, but overall it makes me so happy. And I love that about this, and I can't wait to see where else they go with it. Awesome. Uh, John. Um the show, like I said, man, it was probably the best show this year for me as far as uh, superhero stuff goes. Man, I mean, excuse my language, but this show just shit on everything else. Like <laughs> nothing, nothing like I know. I know it's it's about Flash right now, but Arrow, this season of Arrow was extremely weak. Not to mention the fact that it was mostly Oliver Queen, uh, Oliver Queen running around doing you know, Batman stuff. It was ridiculous. Gotham was a disappointment. Constantine was probably the second one I liked, you know, but the flash takes the cake, man. It was the fucking best thing this year. Uh, case. Yeah. I started out, I started out watching the flash, not really knowing if I was going to enjoy it or not, but slowly, but well, not even slowly, but surely just surely it, it won me over very quickly. I've never really seen a show be so immersive, so self-aware, so, uh, so aware of its audience base and, and what they want to see, how to tell a good story, character development, overarching storylines, how each character weaves into another one, how they introduce villains, how they introduce new heroes, where they're going in the future, the cliffhangers, the questions, the answers, the payoffs. It was all just so masterfully done. I never... I've never really seen a first season of a show be so strong right out of the gate. And I've been very impressed with The Flash. And I honestly cannot wait for season two. I've been so happy and so I've become a, a huge fan of The Flash. It's, it's probably my favorite show <clears throat> on television. Uh, my apologies to Better Call Saul. <laughs> it takes a lot. It takes me a lot. To, it takes a lot for me to say that. So, uh, so Vince, Vince Gilligan, uh, step your game up, bro. <laughs> nice. Dum, dum, um, dum. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I loved the first series, the first season. I mean, just I'm just echoing everything you guys all said. It's just, it was just, it was so well done, so well written, and I feel like every show built on the next one. Um, you know, I. I always, whenever a comic book TV show comes out, you know, people just kind of put it off to the side and it's just, just this, it's just a comic book show. That's it. People just expect a person with superpowers to save the day. That's pretty much what beyond like us, like the mainstream audience, that's just what you expect. For me, Flash broke that barrier because it was more than just a hero saving the day. 
It had depth. It had emotion. It had great stories. Um, there was so many great, so so great, many great moments with dialogue use. Uh, the special effects. I cannot, I oh, cannot yeah. say enough about the fact that this is a CW TV show. Yeah. And as they've gotten more, as they got more and more to the end of the season, it came out like a movie production, like a move, a big yeah. budget movie. Uh, a budget because the special effects were so well done. If you could, and this is just, this is maybe just um, a quick little like uh, comparison, but if you watch the last episode of Smallville where they introduced Darkseid uh, and, and they show kind of people like, you know, like the crowd running scared and you watch the end, the end, uh, the last couple minutes of The Flash, there is a huge difference in the budget, the way it's shot, the way it looks. Um, it, from in you know Flash and and Smallville comparison, and it just it to me that just says how well um, how much they put into the Flash, how much detail they put in the Flash, and I also hope you know a, a long time ago um, we had said that uh, uh, Haley Atwell should be nominated for her role in, in, in Agent Carter because she was so well she she did such a good job. I hope that John Wesley's ship is looked at, at in some way because in every single episode he was in, he was in for what, maybe five minutes at the most when he was had a scene with Barry or Joe. He did such a phenomenal job in bringing just the whole scene down because of his performance. I mean, his scene with Barry in this last episode was just so well done. It was truly a father and a son talking. I mean, if 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 they weren't actors, you would if they were, you would really think they were a father and son because of the conversation they were having, the emotion that just pulled you into that scene. And, you know, and and it just to me, like I said earlier, it, it to me that was a big trigger for Barry doing what he did because he kept that in the back of his mind, everything that his father told him. So I loved this first season. I think it was phenomenal. In my opinion, I think it's the best comic book movie, TV, comic book TV show that's ever been put out. And I really, I really cannot wait for season two. I, I, I think that I. With a lot of shows, when they have a first season, you are certainly fearful of regression. And and with The Flash, I don't see that at all, honestly. I, I think that the writing is so strong, the characters are so strong, that it's just going to only get better, much like every previous episode built on the last one. So I, I'm excited for season two, and I can't wait to see uh, what comes from this. Uh, Amy, uh, what did you want to say? I... I well, I completely agree with everything you said. I'm really tempted to just say what Pete said. Um, for me, the strength of this season was Grant Gustin. To quote my favorite little little nerd kid, Kid Colson, Grant is my Flash. And this, you know, this this experience getting to hop into the Flash universe with a show like this that is so well done grabs you, brings you in, great effects, great story, great writing, great characters, compelling characters. I am completely, I, I, you know, I honestly, I always, this is going to sound really weird, but red and yellow to me is a very bizarre color combination. And so for whatever reason, and I, I don't know why, and this is just my weird brain working, but I had never been interested in, in when I growing up at all, ever learning about the flash just because I hated those two colors, <laughs> just a childish thing. Wow. So when I hopped That's... into the flash or when, when, rather when Barry was introduced on 
Arrow, I was like, oh my gosh, The Scientist is probably my fa- one of my favorite episodes of season two of Arrow. And I go, this is great. This kid is great. You know, Grant Gustin is nailing it. And then I'm going, gosh, it'd be great if they had this as a series. And then it shows up as a series. And I went from, gosh, this is adorable. You know, yeah, I'll totally watch this every Tuesday night to I need to watch this the instant it comes out. I need to talk about it with people. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really do enjoy time travel. And so that aspect, you know, episode 15 and beyond really grabbed me. But honestly, it's the compelling characters and the way that they have written Barry's story arc, Joe's story arc, and Dr. Wells's story arc. And that whole all of them together combined just created this brilliant tapestry. And I love Cisco and I love Caitlin. Um, my only caveat with this season is I love Iris, but I feel like some of the character decisions that they made for her were a little bit cliche and stereotypical. But I think now that, and this is going to sound terrible, but I think now that Eddie's out of the picture, she'll have the opportunity to explore herself more as a character. And I do feel that within the last couple of episodes, she once she knew Barry's secret, I feel like she was making a lot of choices that I, I enjoyed watching more as, as a fan. But looking back on the season, my, my favorite things have been every single one of, every single moment that Grant Gustin is acting it is just top notch. Everything he puts out is all of his heart, all of his soul. And it really creates a character that I am completely 100% invested in. And I agree with you, Pete, you know, daredevil comes pretty close. Arrow season two comes pretty close, but when it comes to a show that has consistently impressed me that I will recommend to every single person I see on the street the Flash is it. It is for me the perfect definitive comic book show that people need to that that other shows will need to to strive for that they can strive for. And I think it's incredible and brilliant and a whole lot of fun that it comes from the CW because that's what turns people off. They go, oh, the CW, okay, and they I go, think no, CW no, no. is about to take that different turn soon. That it's like because look, Don Ostrov is gone. It's not really the same CW anymore. Oh, yes, they still have God. some of the. They still have some of those vampire shows, but look, they're probably going to go away soon. And it's like Mark <laughs> Pedowitz, the president of that network, has been doing such a – the minute he stepped into the scene as the new president of that network, he's just been doing phenomenal work with the programming and the scheduling and all that. And, you know, taking CW – because, look, CW was a big joke to a lot of people. It was just uh, – well, it's a channel for you know white, rich, spoiled uh, teenagers that, that has <laughs> dramatic lives and triangles and stuff like that. But now it's becoming this – you know, sci-fi fantasy network. And yes, they're not pulling in seven, five million viewers every week. But, you know, I will say this, that for what it, CW is right now, it's pretty fucking impressive with, where they have gone since I uh, when this small ended in 2011 and Don Ostra left like the same year. So from, the, from 2012 to 2015, as of today, it's impressive to see the, the evolution that network has taken. I think Mark, like, if I ever meet Mark Pedowitz, uh, which I guess would be the only, like, would be like a TTA upfront if I ever get to go there, you know, I would just, you know, try and thank him just because, you know, I didn't know, think that after Smallville we will have anything like Arrow or The Flash or Soon Legends of Tomorrow and stuff like that. So it's, it's, you know, Yes, we you know we always say well you know hey, can you believe how amazing it is that it's you know it's a show on the CW but you know what 
Maybe CW has now finally found their stride. They know what people to hire. They know what shows to put out. So, you know, now CW is like, you know, well, this is a great CW show because it has all these qualities and uh, and so on. Yeah, I don't think we can. I mean, I don't I don't think, I don't we, think can... we can gush about it enough. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all just in love with it. We would recommend it to all of our friends. Uh, we would all probably like to meet Grant Gustin and like go get coffee with him. I think that's what we're boiling down to and just gush to him and be like, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. And he'll be sitting there going, yeah, well, thank you. You know, we've got a great team. We've got a, you know, and he's so humble about it. Oh my gosh. Anyway, he's so sweet. He wrote his little letter of thanks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I cried. That happened. He posted it right after, before we were about to start our, uh, our, um, can shit. Yeah. Take two, cancer research fundraiser event. Uh, I get, left, left him a little comment. He was, you know, he responded. So, you know, he's he is one of the greatest people, um, like in in the human history. So, um, Ezra Miller, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I think we'll have to have a separate show about that one because I know uh, <laughs> you won't I know. see me there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's well, no. If anything, I I I, I kind of share the same uh, opinion. I I I'm really interested uh, to see how that goes. But you know, that's another conversation for another time. So, um, so we're gonna uh, yeah, I think we're gonna wrap things up because that was that was a lot of fun, guys. Um, again, I want to thank everyone coming on this huge roundtable. I really I'm really okay with us taking as much time as we needed because I think we we could have probably even talked more about. About this, not just the oh, season finale, 100%. but the season and and so many theories. We could have just gone crazy, even crazier than we are now. So hmm. I want to thank everyone, John, Amy, Rose, Andy. Thank you for all coming on the show today and having a blast and having a blast talking about our favorite show. I mean, thank you guys thank for coming you on. Having us, uh, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Oh, I love you. That. And and real quickly, um, everybody, just do your quick plugs. Uh, plugs, John. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they hey, can find you? Lady, a- ladies first. Be- oh, hey, I'm- ladies first. Rose. <laughs> I was thinking in terms of he's a first timer, so. <laughs> well, it's hey, hey, it's called being a gentleman. Right. Oh. So I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that John, in go mind, ahead. John, go ahead. No, no, ladies first. That's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, Amy. Uh, you guys can find me uh, hosting the Assembly of Geeks podcast as well as on the season finale episode of the flash podcast uh you can find me on twitter and instagram same uh handle at amy underscore marie 97 um i love talking time travel i love talking theories i love getting involved with people um i will also just getting this out there now i will be at comic-con in july and so if you guys are there and you want to come say hi tweet me i will i will i will let you know where i'm at i would love to meet people in person i think that would be the coolest thing in the world because it's 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 really cool to to meet up with a lot of these people who i you know i've only connected with online and we share a passion and i'd like to to meet up with you guys and let's let's talk in real life (laughs) nice but anyway, um, Comic-Con's going to rock. Be there. Yes, it is. Uh, Rose. Uh, yes, I write for moviepilot.com. You can find me there at moviepilot.com forward slash Rose Moore. You can also find me on Instagram at Rose Moore and on Twitter at Rose Moore Writes. And like Amy, I'm going to be at Comic-Con in July. Woo-hoo. So, woohoo, Amy and I will get to hang out in real life. Scene and nerd on scene at SDCC. <laughs> oh, guys, I like I'm telling it. you, it needs to be called on scene. <laughs> I yeah. like it. It's perfect. Good. Down for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rose. No, I was just going to say, same thing. Tweet me, uh, message me if you want to meet up at uh, Comic-Con, and we can do a whole big meetup thing, because I like meeting people in person, just like Amy. It's fun. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get that uh, get that going on for sure. Um, John, go ahead now. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're on... Uh... We're on everything. As far as social media goes, I do Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. And everything is just pretty much all you got to do is search Friday Night Fandom and you'll you'll find us. We're also, our show Friday Night Fandom is on uh, iTunes and on Stitcher. Those are probably the easiest places to find it. Um, but yeah, I use Instagram a lot. That's my favorite thing. So if you want to connect, that's probably the best place to do it. Also, I have some super hot pictures that Instagram sh- took down earlier today. So if you want to see some Power Ranger concept art, you can message me and I'll send you that stuff. Wait, what's, nice. what's your Instagram? It's Friday Night Fandom. I'm following now. Cool. Nice. Um, okay, uh, Andy. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> oh, right, I'll plug you guys. Sorry. Why does that I- not surprise me? <laughs> Hush that nasty tone. Uh, so, uh, you can find me uh, on the flashpockets.com. Um, I, I, I guess, well, at, it's coming out later today, I, we will be putting out on this website. But as of today, Miss um, Amy Multiverse, yes, I, it's, it's, it's an insane statement. Listen to the show. And uh, Miss Lauren Gallifrey. Galloway. Wow. Miss <laughs> Lauren Gallifrey Galloway. Uh, there are now uh, are officially our West Coast correspondents as well as regular contributors at the Flash Podcast. So, uh, and I will also be at, uh, at Comic Con with them. So, you know, um, it will be a Flash and Nerd, I guess, on the scene. I, and that's too long. Fl- flash Nerding. No, never mind. Uh, so, theflashpocket.com, uh, find us on on Twitter and Instagram, all under the Flash Podcast umbrella, and uh, yeah, we had a pretty awesome season finale discussion where we, you know, there's lots of time travel talk. Uh, you know, we're trying to deal with the loss of Eddie. Uh, I take another hit uh, and slam on Felicity. No, I'm kidding. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I don't think you mentioned her name on that episode. Uh, although the blooper reel might say another thing, but I, um, yeah. So you can find us there. We're part of the DCT Podcast Circle with uh, Supergirl Radio, Quiver the Greener Podcast, Legends of Gotham, and the recently announced Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And um, might have some more things announced in a few weeks. Not, I'm dropping the first tease here in CD Nerds. CD Nerd exclusive. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you can find me on my personal Twitter if you want to hear me bitch about things uh, that are not, that are not just about Felicity or Oliver at Andy Bubacht. <laughs> nice, thank you, Andy. Um, Casey. Whoa, hey, oh, all right. You can find me on Twitter at Via Blast for shit that I talk about. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you can find me, uh, find me on Instagram uh, for pictures that I take. Uh, I go on a lot of hikes uh, in the downtime when I'm not reading comic books. I go outside. So uh, there's the pictures that I take. Those are on there. And uh, you can find me on Snapchat at L Shades of Franco. And that is it. That is literally it. So uh, <laughs> What's, have fun finding I, I, me on there. Snapchat sounds exhausting. What Like, is it... What 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 does it do? Uh, imagine a uh, chat roulette met Facebook, and uh, there's Instagram. Okay, I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's fine. <laughs> um, all right, so you can find us on Cena Nerd uh, at Cena Nerd on Twitter, uh, Instagram at Cena Nerd. You can 
You can email us too. Let us know what you think. Uh, scene letter N nerd at gmail.com. Uh, I will be at Comic Con. I'm trying to get uh, Mr. Via Blast there with me. So, whoa. We'll oh, yeah. I might be sleeping on the beach. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, we'll sleep yeah. on the beach? That sounds un- uncomfortable. But, uh, check our, but you might want to check our Instagram there. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're all going to be uh, kicking it, meeting up, and finally talking in person. Uh, as as Rose and Amy said. So, uh, okay. So that is going to do it for our show. Uh, thank you for listening again. Thank every. I thank everybody for for joining us on this uh, awesome minisode. Like I said, gigantisode episode of uh, Cena Nerd for the recap of the Flash season finale. Um, Till next time, we'll see you next week. Bye 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 goodbye. Get out of here. You, you, you're lying there. <laughs> Can uh, I get a mic check from you real fast? Sure. One second. Actually, that was that was good enough. I got oh, it. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice.